And the word justified means justified, never sinned before. You and I have been declared righteous. And now you and I, we have faith, hallelujah, in the blood of Jesus. These new creation realities are so very important that we get them established, fixed firmly down in our spirit. You know, in Isaiah chapter 54, and I believe it's verse 14, don't, you know, crucify me if that's not right. I think it's right. But Isaiah 54, 14 says, in righteousness thou shalt be established. In righteousness thou shalt be established. In other words, get this firmly fixed in your heart that you aren't an old worm. You're not an old sinner saved by grace. You were an old sinner. You got saved by grace. But now, thank God, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And now you can come boldly to the throne of grace, hallelujah, by a new new and living way, having been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. So notice this. Ready, read. Let's go ahead. In righteousness thou shalt be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear, and from terror, for it shall not... Woo! Glory! I mean, we could run around the building on that verse alone. Hey, I'm the righteousness of God. I'm far from oppression. It don't come nigh my tent. You know why I'm far from oppression? Because I ain't afraid. God's not given me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus fears nothing except Him. We fear God. We're not afraid. And no terrorist can take us down. I'm going to say that again. No terrorist, no terrorism, no evil plot, hallelujah, of the enemy is going to come near you. Amen. Because we got the breastplate of righteousness on. Amen. Glory to God. Woo, we're protected. Amen. And so then... We become established in the truth. And then the truth, what does it do? It sets us free. Amen. Turn to Isaiah 32. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for a spirit of grace and encouragement in the house tonight. Hallelujah. I hesitated on this Isaiah 32 because I'm mm, wasn't sure, but it is there. Thank you, Lord. Isaiah 32, 17. Isaiah 32, verse 17. Notice this now. Great verse of scripture. Do you know that righteousness has a work? <laughs> when you get established in it, it'll work on you. It'll work in you. And it will work for you. No inferiority. No fear. Amen. Coming boldly to the throne. Now notice this. In verse 17 it says, And the work of righteousness will be what? Amen. So when I am at peace, and in righteousness is working in me, and I'm established in it, I'm fully, fully Blessed by God's peace. What's the opposite of peace? Turmoil. What does turmoil bring into our lives? Stress. You know, you'll find and discover 
that at the root of a lot of these words that we're talking about, turmoil and stress, is fear. So when the righteousness of God is working in us, both to will and to do of His good pleasure, guess what's happening? We're full of peace and free from fear. Amen. 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 Are you warm? Let's get, let, let's get some air in here, guys, if we could. I know that I, I can tell. That the, it, and it's, it's not the usher's fault. It's, you know, not the devil's fault. We're just going to get some air flowing. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And the work of righteousness, it's going to be peace. And the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. For how long? So when you're operating and established in righteousness, there's a quietness about you. There's just a, there's just an assurance. There's just, there's just a, a knowing that even though things may be difficult, you know, everything is going to be all right. Why? Because everything is already all right in here. Friends, if it's all right in here already, it won't be long before the outside is going to be all right. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily that everything's going to go your way and everything's going to fall in line like you plan it, like you want to. But ultimately, you know that God is in control and things are working out for the good of those that love him and that are called according to his purpose. You've all experienced that. We've all experienced bad situations. But on the inside of us, everything's good. We could say it this way. It's good on the inside. And when it's good on the inside, then you're not living a life of frustration. When the distractions come from the outside, but righteousness is working in you, glory to God, you're quiet on the inside. You're not distracted. You're focused. Because why? Because you know in whom you have believed. And you and I, we're persuaded We are fully persuaded. That's that word assurance. They sing a song, blessed assurance. So this this righteousness, it's working in me. It's working in you. There's peace on the inside. And there is an assurance that one way or the other on the outside, it's going to be all right. Come on. It's going to be all right. Even in a bad situation. God can take a bad situation and turn it around for good. Now, I didn't say God brought the bad situation. But right in the midst of a bad situation, God's still good. He's always good. He's forever good. Man, I don't know how we got off on this tonight, but this is good. Ooh, thank you, Lord. Redemptive realities. Look with me at Proverbs 29, 18. Let's look over at that verse and uh, let's notice uh, in the Amplified Version of Proverbs 29. The reality of your redemption is something that can get clearer and clearer on the inside of your life every day. I mean, there is so much more in the Word to see. 
And when you seek Him first with all of your heart, He'll add revelation to what you've already got. That's what's so wonderful about the Word. I mean, let's be honest about it. You thought maybe you had everything out of a certain verse. But you looked at it again and the Holy Spirit says, look at it again and shows you something else. That's the way He is. And that's what I I want to, to, to have pounded into us as a church is the fact that if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And then you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Now notice this. Read it with me. Go ahead, please. Where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. But he that keeps the law of God, which includes that of man, blessed, happy, fortunate, and enviable is he. That's powerful. There's a lot of preachers in the land that that teach and preach that the word blessed means empowered to prosper. So then... You and I are empowered by the head of the church to prosper in every area of our lives when we have a vision. Now, I want you to see this. We're talking about vision. Let's see something. Let's, let's get some sight. Let's, let's see it with our hearts. Let's, let's know it in our spirit. See, oftentimes, and I've taught on it this way, and it's good to, okay to teach on it that way. Many people teach on vision as declaring what the vision of a church is, you know? Can anybody recite what the vision of Heart of the Bay Christian Center is? Reaching the lost, healing the hurting, and maturing the believer. That's real good. I forgot it myself. That's why I had you repeat it. (laughs) No, seriously, vision leaks. Vision leaks, L-E-A-K-S. That's why pastors that have good, you know, common sense and good spiritual sense, they rehearse the vision. At least once a year, they go over the vision. And there's value in that. And there's value in you having a vision for your life, a vision for your business. Amen. A, A vision to get out of debt. You know, Financial Peace University will help you with that. Ingrid's back there saying amen. A shout out from FPU. How many of you have ever gone to FPU before? All right. Well, and you can testify that it's done you good. Right? You just need to keep that plastic under your feet. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So, vision to get out of debt. Vision. You know, have a business. You know, if you're single, you may have a vision for, you know, Sir Lancelot. You know? Right. Prince William's already taken. Sorry. (laughs) So, but it's good to have a vision. If your marriage is hurting and it's, it's gone down, you need to go to couple together. Shout out for couple together. We got any people in here? Couple together. All right. Couple together. We have groups in this church that will help you. You don't have to have a hurting marriage. You go to couple together. You just, you know, continually work on it. Improve your marriage. Have a vision. Have a vision. 
Without a vision, the people perish. But I believe, and let's pull that back up, I believe this, that what the Holy Spirit is saying is where there is no redemptive revelation. In other words, where you don't see, comprehend, and have insight into redemptive realities of what God has done through Christ for you, what Christ is in you now, who you are in Christ, what you can do in Christ, what you possess in Christ. Amen. Those are redemptive revelations. And so it's important to meditate on the in Him, in Christ, in whom we have scriptures. Because therein, the Bible says that we will begin then to be fortunate, enviable, and we will be empowered to prosper. It is a prosperous man or woman who knows that they're the righteousness of God. It is a prosperous man or woman who knows what 2 Corinthians 5.17 says. So let's turn over there. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 5.17. I didn't intend to go this way, but I think it's good. I think it's good news. Amen. Well, Pastor Mark, give me something deep. Well, you're not that deep. And I'm not that deep. So let's, you know, let's forget trying to be deep. And let's just act on what we've seen. And let's just keep digging. And let's just keep hitting some gold veins. Now I heard on the news the other day that they, what was it, an eight pound nugget? They found in Northern California. Eight pounds. Nugget. Gold. G-O-L-D. I believe that's G-O-D. Hey, gold is of God. He made it. It's when it gets in the hands of idiots that it becomes dangerous. You put eight pounds of gold in my hand, I know what to do with it. Now, somebody figure it out. How much is gold an ounce? Okay, 1,400. How many ounces in a pound? 16 ounces in a pound. Eight pounds times 16 is what? I'm asking you, I don't know. You know, don't you? What is it? Huh? 128. So take 128 times 1,400. Well, you'll get it in a minute. It's a lot of money. 128 times 4, that's a lot of money. Someone dug. Someone hit a vein. Are you listening to me? Well, listen. His word is more precious than fine gold. 
His word is more precious than silver. Yea, to be desired. Oh, more desired than gold. He is our gold. He is our God. And in Him are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Woo, glory to God. I said in Him are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Him. And you are in Him. And He is in you. You put eight pounds of gold in a fool's hand. You got a fool in a month or two with nothing. But you put the Word of God into a man that is seeking it as choice silver. Who just keeps meditating and digging and acting and thinking and confessing and praising and praying and fellowshipping and digging and mining and doing and saying and acting and living and loving and giving. You got a man full of wisdom, full of power, full of grace. That is empowered to prosper. And that's way out beyond eight pounds of gold. Come on, saints. Thank you, Lord. And so I want to encourage you to keep digging. I heard some of these truths back in the 70s. I can remember... One of the first places that Brenda and I landed after we left Oklahoma, we left Tulsa, Oklahoma in the fall of 1978. We had gotten married in 1977 in the month of July. We got married in Skeety, Oklahoma at the Assemblies of God Church. And we worked for Kenneth Hagin Ministries for a period of time. And we pastored a little church in Sepulpa, Oklahoma. And we just got it in our heart, you know. We're supposed to leave Oklahoma. And so we headed out on the road and kind of didn't know exactly what to do or where to go. But we just headed out where there was a door opened up. And when we were on the road, the Lord told us to go back to Minnesota. And we were over there in North Carolina at the time with very little money in our pocket. And uh, we had an automobile But we just had a few dollars left. And a few dollars, how many of you know, doesn't go very far in those days as well as it does in these days. But you know what? We had faith in our heart. And we were established in some things. We didn't just go off half-cocked. We didn't just imagine that God had called us. We knew that we knew in our knower that we were called of God. And had been sowing proper seeds and right seeds prior to that time. Well, we ended up back in Minnesota and supernaturally, God just began to open so many awesome doors for us. I mean, it was really supernatural. I mean, we got to a full gospel businessmen's meeting one night and we didn't have any money, literally no money at all. We were staying in some people's basements back there. And back in Minnesota, they have basements and they're nice, you know. Um, and God spoke to this man and his wife to bring $100 to the meeting and that when they got to the meeting, God would show them 
the person that that money was for. Lo and behold, it was moi. <laughs> and there was a group of businessmen there that really loved Brenda and I, and they really wanted us to be in the area. And, you know, they, they had taken me under their wing um, when I was newly born again, even before I met Brenda in 75. And they schooled me in the Word of God. And, man, they fed me. And I'm not talking just about fed me spiritual food. They fed me some good food. And they took good care of me. And I, I'm forever indebted to these men of God. They were examples of the life of God and the love of God. And they would open up the bread of life and they would, they would share truths with me like I'm sharing with you about being the righteousness of God and being a new creation in Christ Jesus. And, and when we came out of Bible school, I mean, they really wanted us to be in the area. I mean, they... They, they saw the potential. Aren't you glad that there's somebody in this life that sees potential in you? I see it all over you. God sees it all over you. You have people close to you that see it in you and on you. Amen. It's an awesome thing. And it's a great day when we begin to see what God sees. And that, my friend, is vision. That's vision. To see yourself the way the King of Kings sees you. To see yourself doing, by the grace of God, what you could not possibly do in your own natural strength, your own natural intelligence, your own natural education, but in God and through God to be able to see it. That's vision. And so these people, they took me under their wing and when Brenda and I came back, it was, it was miraculous. It was a miracle. I believe in miracles. I believe in provisional miracles. I believe in the blind seeing, the dead being raised, the deaf hearing. I believe. Do you believe? I believe it. And so they opened up a door to preach on a Sunday in this little small church. And uh, it was right outside of Spicer, Minnesota, New London, Minnesota. I'll guarantee you tonight, if you looked on your weather channel, or if you have a computer, hook up to weather and put New London, Minnesota, or Wilmer, Minnesota, and you will probably see snow. I mean a cold place. And yet, God moves in dark places. God moves in cold places and these guys asked me to preach on a Sunday morning and a Sunday night and I preached the word of God from the text that I'm preaching tonight Proverbs 29 18 where there is no redemptive revelation of God the people perish and I went through a list that morning and that night of certain things that we are in Christ, what we possess in Christ. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to share a couple of those things with you tonight in a moment. But let me give you a good testimony. How many of you are interested in good testimony? Yes. Listen, friends, the Spirit of God's on testimony. Amen. The Spirit of prophecy's on testimony. Amen. The anointing's on testimony. Amen. Some of you right now have needs in your life. Some of you have a provisional need in your life. Listen to what God has done for me. And what He's done for me, He'll do for you. If you'll just simply believe and have faith. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. 
So, you know, back there in Minnesota, you always go out to eat after you preach. And I was a guest, so I knew I was going to get something to eat that night. Brenda knew she was going to get something to eat. Went out and ate. Old John Heidecker. Kind of had a little shake about him. He'd drink coffee and he'd go like this. His eyes would kind of cross. But he was in love with Jesus. In love with God. And God used that man. Never underestimate who God may use in your life. I mean, he spoke through a donkey. He can do things way out beyond. (laughs) Unusual and unlikely. (laughs) That's right. So he said, you know what? I got a doctor friend down the road about 60 miles that has a lake home right here in this area. They're not using that during the winter, but it's winterized. How many of you know what winterized means? It means it's insulated and it's got heat, baby. And we needed some insulation that winter. But he called him up. His name was Dr. Four. He invented uh, in chiropractic this uh, little instrument that they use among chiropractors, the activator method. And... uh, Dr. Ford said, well, sure, I'll let them live there. We had everything in storage. We had some money in our pocket. We had received the largest offering that church had ever given any ministry ever before in the history of that church. It was $375, and it might as well have been $37,500. Because it was a lot of money in those days. And Dr. Ford said, sure, they can live there. They can, they can move in there. We've got linen there, and there's food in the pantry. (laughs) So we said, hmm, let me get a pray about this. (laughs) I'm telling you, God knows how to open up doors when you're in the center of His will. And so, you know, I mean, he, He charges some, didn't charge as much. But we lived there for months and months and months and months and just enjoyed the blessing of the Lord. Because God opened a provisional miracle for us. A week later, we were pastoring a church 60 miles away. We had so many invitations and so many places to preach as young ministers that it would make your head swim. Brenda was the first lady in that area of Minnesota. We're talking Minnesota. We're not talking about Minneapolis. We're talking about rural Minnesota. Where they talk like this. Where they do say, you betcha. <laughs> I talk to my sister Lucy still time, sometimes. I want to say, Lucy, stop that. <laughs> we went to a gas... I don't know why we're saying this, but this, is this all right? <laughs> we went to a gas station one day, and Brenda opened her mouth to talk, and she had that country southern deal going, and they looked at her like she was from Mars. <laughs> Yeah, they were from Norway. But God is so faithful. And God is so good. And He opens doors for people that have a willing heart to be in the right place at the right time. And I'll never forget that morning. I want to share just a couple truths with you, what we preach. Where there are no redemptive revelations of God, the people perish. Mm -hmm. 
I got a hold of a little track by Joe Nanowski when I was just a very young Christian. It was while I was getting ready to go to Rama Bible Training Center. I didn't have a place to live. I didn't have a car. I had some brain cells. They were being reactivated. <laughs> Listen, it was a venture. They gave me a job at a machine shop. I hardly knew the difference between a screwdriver and a hammer, and I'm not kidding you. But I had a job. And I would take this little track about who I was in Christ. And I would walk to the freeway, and I'd confess every morning, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm a world overcomer, and I have world overcoming faith residing inside of me. For greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm a new creation in Christ. Hallelujah! I'm an heir of God and a joint here with Jesus Christ for several minutes and several minutes. And then Lynn would pull up. The little short guy was my foreman, would pick up, open his door and say, Come on, get in. And I'd go to work. But this revelation began to work on the inside of me. When I was 24, 25 years old, I'm 60 years old now. I know you can't believe that. But I'm telling you, it's still working in me. It's still working in me. And I'll never be ho-hum or be casual about this word. I'll never be ho-hum or casual about what he's done for me. And what he wants to do in me and through me for his glory. One of the greatest revelations I got was 2 Corinthians 5.17. Let's look over there. Redemptive revelation. It'll change your life. It'll change your life forever. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Did you wear your shouting clothes tonight? Glory to God. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He's done great things for you. He's done great things for us. Wherefore, we're sad. You'll always stay in a sad place if you compare yourself with the Joneses. And I don't mean Luther and his wife. But the devil will always show you someone with more talent than you. Always show you someone better looking than you. Always show you someone that has nicer clothes than you. If you live in that comparison mode, you will go crazy. The Bible says when we compare ourselves with one another, we are not using wisdom whatsoever. You see, the goal is not for you to be like me and me to be like you. The goal is for us to become like Him. In our actions, in our attitudes, in our giving, in every area of our lives. If we'll just become like Him. The Bible says, that's enough. It's enough for the disciple To become and to be as the master. How many of you know, ladies and gentlemen, that that is a lifelong process? It's a journey, but oh, what a trip. Oh, what a trip. None of us will ever be perfect. 
But we don't want to center in on that. We want to center in on, I'm pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I want my life to be like Him. Amen. Amen. And here's what we see in the Word. We have vision. It gives us a picture of who we are in Him. Jerry Savelle. How many have ever heard of a struggling preacher by the name of Jerry Savelle? Jerry Savelle said something that literally changed my life when I heard it 30 years ago or 25 years ago. He said, the Holy Spirit is an artist. And he says, your heart is like canvas. And the Word of God is like oil. And the Holy Spirit will take the oil of God's Word and He'll paint a picture on the canvas of your heart of who you are and what you have in Christ Jesus. You'll be able to see it here. Ladies and gentlemen, when you start seeing in here, they can try to beat it out of you with a baseball bat. The devil can come along and use everything he has. But when you got it down here, and you're a fighter. Come on now, and you're a fighter. See, we are to fight the good fight of faith. The good fight of faith is not a fight to try to get something that's already ours. The good fight of faith is to stay in a posture and in a position of victory where we are holding fast. Amen. Amen. The book, boy, we're all over the place tonight, but I'm, I'm sensing God in this place tonight. The Bible says, hold fast that which you have. And then it goes on to say that no man take your crown. Let no devil take from you what Jesus Christ has so freely provided for us in His substitutionary act of redemption on Calvary in the ground and being raised from the dead. One of the greatest truths, and it helped me and it still helps me today. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 5.17. Ready? Read. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Let's pull this up in a couple other translations. Let's pull it up in the Amplified Version. Let's look at it in the Amplified. Are you still with me tonight? Where there are no redemptive revelations, the people perish. The opposite of that must be true. Where there is a revelation of redemption, we will prosper. We will prosper. Look at this. Let's go ahead and read this. Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Read this strong. Behold, the fresh and new has come. Let's say it again. Behold, the new and fresh has come. Woo! You're a new man. In Christ. And that is fresh. That's new. Hallelujah. In closing, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 and 18 in the Amplified Version. You know, we, we might just need to do a series on redemptive revelation and just dig around in it. 
Just dig around in it and just feed on it and let it get bigger in our heart where we start seeing stuff. You know, that's what Paul prayed, Tony, for the church at Ephesus, right? I pray that God would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, what? In the knowledge of Him. By having the eyes of your heart, your spirit, flooded with light. We need to go to the flood stage. Now, I know in Branson, they're in a flood stage in the natural, and that's not a good thing. But there's a flood stage in the realm of the spirit that's a good thing. And the flood stage comes through the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Listen, who is the king of the flood? He's the king of the flood. And he wants your heart flooded with light. The eyes of your heart to be enlightened, flooded with light. Now notice in verse 17, let's read this together. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, emancipation from bondage and freedom. That is good. Now here's what I want you to see, verse 18. And all of us with unveiled face. You see, before their faces were veiled in the Old Covenant, but the veil's been torn from top to bottom. It's done away in Christ. Because, because, for this reason, we continue to look or to behold in God's Word as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. See, the Word of God is the story of the glory. And the Word of God unveils the glory. And we understand that Christ is in us the hope of glory. And so as we continue... To behold as in a mirror His glory. Here's what's happening. We said it earlier. The goal is to be like Him. We are constantly being transfigured or transformed into His very own image. Into His very own image. In ever-increasing splendor. In other words, this glory, in this splendor, this revelation is ever-increasing. It's ever-increasing. It's big. It's huge. In ever-increasing splendor, and we are being transformed from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is that Spirit. Now put your hands over your heart and say this with me. Heavenly Father, I pray that the redemptive revelations in the Word of God would grow stronger in ever-increasing splendor in my life. I choose to hear and obey Your will. And I know that I shall grow and the Word of the Lord shall increase And revelation shall empower me to be like you, Lord, and to prosper in all areas of my life. Amen. That's enough for tonight. Let's bow our heads for prayer. If you're here tonight and you'd like to make Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior, and you'd like to receive him tonight, and you say, by the uplifting.